Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Dr. Supercoach Racing. I'm Watto and I'm joined by my co-host Justin and we'll be talking about Supercoach Racing tonight, how last round went and how round six and round seven are shaping up. How's it going, Justin? Yeah, not too bad, Watto. It was an, a character building day on Saturday to say the least, but hopefully Melbourne Cup Day we can find the winner and hopefully find a few other winners around the card that they look pretty open races, but hopefully if we can find a few. We can get a couple more points on the board than what we did on Derby Day, which I think overall was a tough round for a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. And we said you kind of had to take a few risks. Um, I saw some monster scores, which I could I couldn't believe my eyes to be honest. Um, it was a very is very much if you if you went one way during the day, you, it paid off, and then multiple other methods of doing things. Uh, you kind of just fell to the ground really yeah it was certain certain races played very much to those who played the numbers while there were other races where those people who may use a bit of form to pick their super coach sides that came to the fore but I, it, was, it was I found it a very mixed day well that's what my score resembled anyway I kicked off very well early in the day but once some of the favorites started getting up later in the program and uh, horses who were third, fourth in the market, who I was sort of favouring a couple of other runners in the race, they started saluting like Hitotsu in the derby. My day went pretty well downhill from there, but the shining light, although minimal points, it was good watching J-Max strutty stuff. Yeah, really bounced back. Uh, that's for sure. Um, I had a uh, pretty pretty poor I, round. Uh, I'd say I had a good start, but I didn't really. Um, it was <laughs> it stayed at a it stayed at a 1 out of 10. For pretty much the whole day, um, 
But I didn't enjoy. I liked. I liked uh, watching the races, though. I kind of disconnected from my Supercoach side uh, this round, and I'm pretty excited to get it stuck into the cup. Yeah, it's look. Just looking at the fields already, there's so many open races, and although we don't know, we don't have the big twenty horse fields across every race like we often see each year. Even though some of them are small, compact fields, they're all very competitive, and so many question marks over so many horses, and. Especially when we talk about the Melbourne Cup, what do we do there? There's incentivise who just dominates and does he just win the Cup or are we going to look for trying to try and find something else to beat him? But yeah, we'll talk about that one in a minute. Yeah, exactly. Um, just want a quick shout out to our weekly winner in the Dr. Supercoach League. Um, bit of an interesting name, Drugged Up Donkeys. Um, he, he scored a massive 283 points, which was tied Whoa. second for the... Tied second for the for the round so absolute bonkers like this guy he's practically nearly tripled my score that's how bad i did um so great work mate um also a pretty pretty awesome effort where we have 331 members in our league so it's good to see people getting around the league and it's really i think it's the biggest league i've seen yeah, I mean, it's it's good just to see people playing the game, and I know Supercoach generally is an AFL format uh, type of fantasy game, but it's good to see people are getting around the racing one, and although not everyone is sort of into racing as much as someone like me, but yeah, it's just good to see people having a bit of fun, have a, playing a little competitive game, and as I said from, from day one, just trying to beat your mate. Yeah, exactly, and it's pretty straight after the AFL Supercoach, like in the AFL season as well, so it's good to kind of, if you're getting a bit... Uh, you're getting a few withdrawals from wanting to play Supercoach. It's a good way to kind of feed into that for two months. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not an AFL Supercoach player as such, but I love the racing one, and uh, the more people that play, the the more fun it is. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it'll continue to grow, I reckon. Um, and ultimately, it'll lead to probably better changes all around and maybe um, better prizes. Oh, for sure. I mean, last year... Obviously, the game changed a little bit, a little bit from last year to obviously the smaller stable and different starting uh, balance to purchase your horses and just a different format to the game. And I'm sure that'll keep improving and improving as people talk about the game and uh, the word more word is spoken about it. But as we enter the final, I guess seven days of the game, it's going to be interesting just to see how the last few weeks pan out, see how many people change positions, and if those people who are in the top side one in the top one hundred do drift out and make way for someone who's maybe inside the top 1,000. But I'm not in contention for anything here. I'm just playing it now for a bit of fun, trying to find a winner and help everyone out there with a little bit of form. But, yeah, it's just I'm finding it very interesting seeing other people's scores. And as you mentioned, a couple of monster scores that I didn't think were even possible were recorded on Saturday. Yeah, it's all, it's all about just getting the right stable, really. I think they kind of just got it right in the week that probably counted the most. 100%. This was the make-or-break week for everyone, and definitely broke some people and certainly has made others but i think we look on to tuesday now and now and we go straight to the lexus melbourne cup over 3200 meters Watto, have you got any early thoughts here obviously we've got incentivized dominating the market are you siding with him i think you'd be kind of stupid not to side with him like he he's won the mccarvey diva stakes won the turnbull stakes won the caulfield cup um he's clear the clear favorite um by the bookies, um, he's looking in amazing form. Um, you kind of can't go wrong picking him. He'll be easily the number one picked horse. 
uh, this round. He'll probably be the number one captain horse as well. So I'll probably, I might, I mean, flipping him and Spanish mission with my captaincy, just a bit of a pod captaincy selection. But yeah, you, you can't go wrong with uh, putting incentivize in straight away. As I mentioned, Spanish mission, love love him as well. Um, he's currently the, I think he's a top five XP horse. Um, and he's a good second safe option for the Melbourne Cup. I say safe, but anyone can really win the Melbourne Cup. Um, and he's had very strong form uh, overseas. And he's really, he's really what separates him compared to Incentivize and a few other, of the other favourites is he's really great at the distance, and he's actually raced at the distance pretty recently. Yeah, this is interesting horse Spanish mission. He's my top selection in the race ahead of Incentivize. I've been following this horse for the last 18 months and actually picked him out for the Melbourne Cup of, I think it was June last year for, for this year's race. So I've had a little ticket on him for about 12 months now um, at a much bigger price than he is, but I'm just so excited to see the way he's developed over the past 12 months. He's got his rating up. They decided not to come over here last year, decided to get his rating up overseas, and he's been racing some of the world's best stayers. He ran at Royal Ascot earlier in the year where he ran at third in the Royal Ascot Gold Cup, arguably one of the most prestigious races in the world. He beat home Stradivarius in that, who's known as one of the world's best stayers, and did go. Uh, did have a bit of a two-horse war with that horse in the, in the Lonsdale Cup last start and came out uh, just getting nosed out of it when he looked the winner, but beaten by an out-and-out champion in Stradivarius, and I'm sure if he was over here, he'd be carrying about 65 kilos because he's just better than everyone in this field. So I convinced Spanish Mission's definitely bringing the best form lines into the race. What I'm a little bit worried about with him is uh, Craig Williams at the moment. He has not ridden a winner since Seymour Cup Day, which was before the Caulfield Cup Carnival. So he's gone a long drought here without riding a winner, and we're now entering the second day at Flemington. He got nosed out in a Cox Plate. He was probably a bit stiff not to win on Mr. Brightside and the Cantala. Things just aren't going his way at the moment. I'm hopeful that he can get the most out of Spanish Mission and have luck on his side and hopefully storm down the middle of the track off a genuine tempo and take out the Melbourne Cup. But Spanish Mission for me, I'll be captaining him on the day. He's my little point of difference and definitely my top selection in the race to beat Incentivize. Everyone's going to have him. He's only $300,000 and he's going to be the safe pick in the Melbourne Cup. And I mean, his Caulfield Cup win was just astonishing. He put away. It wasn't the strongest field that we've ever seen in a Caulfield Cup, but this is definitely not the strongest Melbourne Cup we've seen. So he only has to replicate that Caulfield Cup performance to be extremely competitive here and the deserved favourite in the race. But who wants to be on a $2.20 horse in a Melbourne Cup with 24 runners? It's just, it's its own Australian. But uh, incentivize second, I give Grand Promenade a great chance as well. The Barrier 21 does him no favours, but Karen McAvoy, who is a multiple Melbourne Cup winning jockey, jumps on. He's in great form. His Bart Cummings win rated through the roof. Has to be given a great chance. They'll be the only three that I take in the Melbourne Cup unless I do put him very elegant. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with her yet, just depending on how hard this track's going to be at Flemington. I hope they water it. Uh, I just felt her Cox Plate run where she ran third. She was looking for some extra ground, and 3,200 metres this time around could be right up her alley. Barrier 19 probably doesn't do her any favours. She has to settle back, but what we know is she's going to get plenty of room. So quality mare like her, you can definitely throw her in your stable. Again, just trying to get the favourite beat here, incentivised, but I'll be hoping and barracking for Spanish Mission here uh, for for myself and for me definitely uh, super coach for the captaincy role. Yeah, exactly. It'll be it'll be good to see if um anyone can beat Centervise with his form line. Um I would mention Twilight Payment 
very uh, low odds in the, he's in probably in the twelve thirteen dollar range. Um, and he's very experienced and a bit of a cute uh, side note. Um, he did win the twenty twenty Melbourne Cup. Um, for that reason alone, I'm not going to select him just because no one's won it twice in a row since Maccabi Diva did it three times. Um, and I just don't think he holds up to these other horses. Interesting horse, Twilight Payment here. He's arguably coming over here in better form than what he did last year when he took out the race. But also important to note, he carried, I think it was 55.5 kilos last year to win the Melbourne Cup. So he's obviously got a little weight penalty and carrying the top weight here. This cup, we need to remember, this is nowhere near as strong as last year's race. So I understand why the market's finding him here. Jai McNeil on board. He's going to roll forward from barrier two. He's going to make this a real genuine test. He's the horse that's going to be trying to take Incentivize out of his comfort zone. We will be finding out whether Incentivize is really a true stayer or not because Twilight Payment, I'm 100% sure, will be rolling along at a good clip exactly what he did last year, just trying to run these other horses off his feet, which again leads me to Spanish Mission, who's going to enjoy that real fast tempo out in front as he did in the Lonsdale Cup last start. And if he gets home on this hard ground, I mean, uh, he's going to be mighty hard to stop. But, I mean, Incentivize could be just too good for him. He's... One of the best horses I think we've had in Australia. He was only a Toowoomba Maiden winner in April, and the way he's come through the grades is something that I've never seen before, and something I don't think I'll ever see again. He's just the horse of a lifetime, as uh, people have described him. But Twilight Payments, the interesting runner, he'll be the pacemaker in the race, and he'll go forward off last year's win. Obviously, he has to be some sort of chance, and coming over here in very good form. Uh, I understand why people would be taking him in their stables. Yeah, exactly, and I think in the Melbourne Cup. Um, other than probably incentivizing Spanish Mission and probably two clear-cut um, horses you really want in your stable, you can kind of, I think the consensus is maybe three horses usually. Um, that third pick, you can pick from an array of horses. Like there's, You can throw a dart on a dartboard, pick like that if you really want to do. There's a lot of good horses that can kind of sneak in, even for a placing um, would be very crucial given that there's no group twos there's only one group one which is the cup and two group threes um even a placing points which will be 24 points would be crucial yeah this is it's the race drops away very quickly i find there's from johnny get angry he's he's no hope knight's order i don't give Kariff any hope, Master of Wine, Persan. I don't really give Pondus much of a hope, just the Nick Williams factor that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Miami Bound, Pork Willamy, she's ideal future score. Uh, yeah, sort of ra- the race really does drop away pretty quickly. The one at a massive price that I'm giving sort of a top five or six chance to, he's a proper stay of this horse, and that's Ocean Billy. He was actually okay through the line in a Caulfield Cup, and although it's going to be near impossible to turn the tables on Incentivize, as a horse at a big price who could be running on into that first five or six position because the issue is for a lot of these horses, they're not going to stay the 3,200-metre journey. And it's not just any 3,200-metre journey. With Twilight Payment here, they're going to be going along at a clip, so they need to be proper true-blood stayers, and half this field won't run the trip. So a horse like um, Ocean Billy, Kiwi horse, he's as tough as nails. You'll just relish his hot tempo and he's gonna stay all day and stay like the mother-in-law i mean he's just he's very tough and although you can't read too much into his caulfield cup run because 
probably 2,400 metres isn't up his alley. I think he's one that's definitely worth considering at a massive price if you're looking at something to try and separate yourself from everyone else because we know everyone's going to have incentivise and 95% of people are going to have Spanish Mission and then sort of dartboard between Twilight Payment, very elegant, um, Charlie Rose, Floating Artist and Grand Promenade for the remaining one or two spots uh, for the Melbourne Cup. But And even Sir Luke, and we haven't even mentioned him actually, Gay Waterhouse trains him. I'm not a big fan of this horse, but... I know a few people are. Glenn Boss rides. We know he was the rider of Maccabi Diva winning those three Melbourne Cups in a row. He has a very high opinion of the horse. I know Gay has a high opinion of the horse. 50 kilos, it'll get its chance. Um, I'm, it won't be with me on board, but uh, yeah, I'm just sort of seeing it as a two-horse race and dart board job between about uh, maybe seven or eight of them for the miners. Yeah, exactly. And with so many um, listed races and handicap races, they've quite a few of them are open fields as well um so trying to pick that third or even fourth selection in the cup even though it's going to be a pretty hard job um it might give you a better uh point uh situation if this if you're ever going to pick four horses in a melbourne cup for your super coach this is the year to do it because as i mentioned the race drops away really quickly yeah and every other year you're going to have 12 13 14 15 horses that are top five chances but this year realistically you've got two horses that sh- that can win the race on form and then you've only got about six other horses that can at least give them some sort of scare so to me i feel the right thing to be doing is taking four horses here and trying to get that those first four horses home and i'm even if they didn't finish in the top four i'm convinced that i wouldn't be finishing much further back than seventh or eighth and in a melbourne cup i think that's a pretty good result and trying not to lose any points and I guess gaining those extra couple of points there, but um, was there any other races that you were interested in that you were interested in at all, Watto, or um, we just sort of keen to I guess play around the Melbourne Cup? No, nah, definitely, definitely. We definitely want to look at both the Group Three races. There's a few um, horses that we'll probably fill our stable with. We'll go to race eight first, just because it has probably two clear. I, I'd say locks for mine, but possible good chances april rain and promise of success um in the it's in the hong kong jockey club six um both very strong horses promise promise of success uh written by james mcdonald so he's the inform jockey um in this um spring uh favorite of the race and very high expected points is top five xp points um and it's really hard to go past. She has two wins this campaign, the rest being placings, and pretty strong at the distance. Um, and she's also a very strong finisher, so she should come over the top, um, similar to April Rain, who I like as well, um, who's another top five XP horse. Um, what are your thoughts, Justin? Interesting race, this. I've only done the form for the first four races at the moment. I haven't had the time to sort of go through the rest of the card, but just having an early look at the race... Um, I see why the market sort of found April Rain promises success. Two horses that have a really good turn of foot and have a lot of upside to them. J-Mac, Karen McAvoy, two big-time riders. We know the market's always going to find them. But the horse that sort of caught my eye here is Rich Hips. Although her form doesn't read overly well, uh, I, I know for a fact that she's a very good horse and she won Melbourne Cup Day last year in really good fashion. I like her drawing wide here, barrier 11. She's going to get plenty of room to move, and although she'll be sort of sitting around where Promise of Success and April Rain will be in the run, 
I feel Rich Hips has just as good a turn of foot as they do on their day. And on a good track, that's what she needs. That good track where she can really let down and go through her gears nicely. I just think with her, she's sort of my little point of difference in this race because everyone's going to be going April Rain and everyone's going to be going Promise of Success because of those XP points that you mentioned. But Rich Hips, she's just such a goer. Um, I'm happy to forgive that uh, sixth placing last start in the stock stakes. She was... Um, on a track where you had to be forward of midfield and her natural race pattern is going to be out the back. And I think fourth up here, she's going to be ready to peak. And yeah, for me, I'm finding her hard to beat and my little point of difference in the race anyway. Yeah, great pickup. And especially if, as we go through some of these uh, horses and are listed and handicapped in the group threes, um, you'll find you'll probably have to make a few selections. You probably don't really want to, um, but you're kind of picking picking what you, what you think and going with there'll be a lot of pods in this in the lower end of the stables for sure yeah 100 percent. there's obviously plenty of people are going to be playing it safe again but if you've got no hope of winning you might as well just go for broke and find a little bit of value here and there and hope the favorites get beaten and that your horse can find its way inside the top three but yeah i'll like i said i haven't done the form for this race properly but just a quick look at the market i feel that there might be a little edge there with rich hips yeah awesome um, we'll move to race one, which is the other group three of the day, the Maribyrnong Plate. Um, very open field, I reckon. Uh, there's three three favourites, I'd say, and it's probably the race you want to gamble on. Um, there's going to be a lot of variety in selections. I reckon you've got to probably pick one of the 11 horses in this race, just considering it's the second group three and you want to kind of get some points going on early especially being race one uh what are your thoughts justin yeah for sure i mean i would definitely be hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I've, d- I've got a pick in this race myself. I've done the form for this. I've watched plenty of the trials from these horses, as what I mentioned. There's three horses that have had a start, and the rest of the field are all unraced. So it makes things pretty difficult. Uh, for some people who are doing the form for these types of races, and you're probably basing selections off odds, which is fair enough. Uh, Renosu, very good last start. Um, I've got this horse in as my second selection in the race. Closed off beautifully at Caulfield behind Kiki Express, which is the same race that Brereton finished second in, so those two clash again. At Flemington, I feel Renosu is going to be the one better suited. Being a backmarker, 
And at Caulfield, it was it was obviously spotting Brereton a very big start going into that race. Whereas if at Flemington down the straight, you can tack onto the back of the field and you're not going to be any more than three or four lengths off the lead. So if this horse has ability, I can definitely see the two-year-old Colt winning that. Uh, Lascars, again, second place, get a last start behind a very quick one of big prices in the Maribyrnong trial stakes, which was, I think, a few weeks ago now. So has straight track experience and the goat Damien Oliver on board. So... Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he goes, but the one I've actually landed on here is Water Bomber. First starter from the Mick Price and Mick Kent Jr. stable. As I mentioned, they had a two-year-old that won earlier in the no, the one earlier in the season. Um, one down the straight, very quick horse, and this horse could be just as quick. I love the Moe jump out win. Sat three wide and just burnt clear of him. Not convinced of the quality that he raced in in that, but I think. Based off that early speed, he's going to go forward. Barrier 11, he's drawn the right part of the track down the straight. I want to be on the outside of runners here because I think I, I hope they're jumping from the outside of uh, of the course rather than the inside that they sometimes do. But yeah, water bomber for me here. He's at a nice price, and I think the market will find him in the end, and he could start closer to around that $4, $5 mark than that current $8 mark that he is at the moment. But I've sort of... It, again, it's a, dart, it's a dart job race purely because... We don't know how good these horses are. Trials are so much different to actual race experience. Some handle it, some don't. We've got to remember there's going to be crowds as well. So these two-year-olds are all going to be experiencing that crowd atmosphere for the first time. And it's just a matter of who's going to handle it and who's not. And I'm just hoping that Waterbomber, the first starter, can get through that race day pressure and land the spoils in the opener. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of unknown in this. Um, as we mentioned, the three are... Pretty much the lowest odds are all in the top four to eight in XP expected points. Um, that's pretty much just based on the odds and given the the field size. Um, I'd only pick one of them, um, if any. Um, I'm personally going. I'm going to be following the odds um, till Tuesday morning. So I'm going to just be picking the lowest odd horse and go from there. Yeah, I mean that's that's probably a good way to do it as well. The market, especially. One thing I've noticed uh, from a form and uh, I guess what I do as a job point of view, it's the market this past cu- the past couple of weeks, they've been finding winners. And when they've found horses, they've really smacked them late and really tumbled in the odds. We saw it with Hitotsu on Saturday. We saw it with Home Affairs. Both of these horses were double figures earlier in the week and got smashed uh, in, the mar- in the betting late. Minhaj in the last race, she opened up about $5 and was backed into uh, nearly sub $3 there. So... Just these massive market plunges, and they're all landing. So I think waiting as long as you can before picking, especially a horse in this race, could be the way to go because when the market's finding a horse, it's generally landing. Yeah, exactly. And a good thing about uh, race one as well is lockout will just be before this race. It's not like uh, some of the other races where horses have really come in uh, through betting. Um, It's usually later during the day, and lockout's already been... um, pretty much closed so you can't change your horse if you if you even if you want to yeah absolutely and with a market uh with a market move generally it's that last five minutes that affects a marketplace so that last five minutes of betting that's when all the big punters get involved in the race and they just influence the market so much and especially being race one we're not going to have the the once a year punters betting on the race necessarily that'll be later in the card so their better amounts won't be affecting the odds as much it's going to be uh the big players um, and the big syndicates that really affect this market. And um, 
if I hadn't had, to, if I didn't have to put my tips in early, I would just be following whatever the pros do in this race and uh, landing on whatever horse they pick. So as you mentioned, Lockouts only closes just before this race. Wait as long as you can before selecting the horse, and whoever's being backed in, that's the one I would be selecting. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, of the, we'll just run through uh, our stables now a bit, just given that there's so many listed and handicap races going on and. Um, there'll probably be a lot to change in Monday and Tuesday coming in. Um, for mine, I'm going with Profiteer from race six um, and Enthar from race six. I'm doing a bit of a double. Um, I like both horses and Enthar from a big break. They're both top 10 uh, XP horses, and I'm just following that for now. Um, both a real danger of winning this race and... There's no clear third chance for mine. Um, the rest of the listed and handicap races, in my point of view, they're very wide and open, and I'm just not comfortable taking the chance. Yeah, and that's fair. This is, like I mentioned before, I've only done the first four races on form, but uh, the horses that do jump off the page are the three-year-olds, and that's Profiteer and Enthar, both superstar two-year-olds. And Although we haven't seen Enthar as a three-year-old yet, I'm not convinced she's probably going as well. This preparation based off some trials I've seen of her, but definitely getting to a good track, that's going to be suiting her. And Profiteer, he's just a speed demon. He'll be going head-to-head with Enthar down the straight and hopefully back to 1,000 metres, back down the straight. He's won there before, J-Mac on board. He does look a pretty safe play in the race. For me personally, in this race, I'll be taking Profiteer at the moment. Uh, I'm expecting I'll probably land with him on top for my selections when I, when I do them. Um Purely with the J-Mac factor, he's got the Flemington straight track tick, back to a 1,000 metres suits. He's just, I'm feeling he's got the right form lines without going into the race in too much depth at the moment. So I'm with you there, Watto, going with Profiteer. I won't be touching Enthar, uh, just nervous with her trials, but she's definitely got a lot of talent, and if she's 100%, she'll give this a massive shake. But, yeah, interesting race at that one, and, um, yeah, are you looking at any other races as well? Um, I'm personally not. I'm staying away. Um, what about you? I'll be looking at one after the Melbourne Cup, actually, and that's race number nine, the Tab Trophy. Uh, I love Spirit of Gaylight as a horse. I actually gave him half a chance in a VRC derby had he made the field, but he was one of the emergencies in the race, so he didn't get in. He looks a great selection in the event. He's loved the way he worked through the line in the Mooney Valley Vars, and although that form didn't really come to the fore in the derby with Hitotsu and Allegron uh, dominating that race... This is not a very strong race, and I feel that he's one that really jumps off the page to me. And again, I haven't gone through the form properly, but I really love this horse, and I feel Flemington's going to be right up his alley. He's going to have plenty of room to move, and the good track, I feel, will suit him as well. Um, fast horses go better on fast tracks. That's that's my little my little theory, and I'm pretty sure this horse has got a good engine. Station 1's the interesting one in this race. He won on Friday night at Cranbourne on debut. So when the market first came out here, he was $67. He's now into $10, second or third favourite in the race, and that's because there was a real um, positive... Uh, positive feedback after that first win and the team knew what they were doing there a big plunge landed in that race and the team said that they're going to back him up into this so expecting him to run a big race once again with Billy Egan on board but yeah I'll be definitely taking Spirit of Gaylard I think and I'm not sure with Station 1 I'll just have to do the form uh, with that race and also in the last I think Curran is a very good choice come the last race of the day I think we'll find that a lot of people are finding the favourite and that is Curran 
He is a very good horse. He won first up beating Yulong Command. That horse subsequently won again at Mooney Valley. Uh, he ran third in the Caulfield Sprint uh, to Oxley Road and Malkovich, although Oxley Road didn't do anything on Saturday. I'd be, prefer- I'd be prepared to forgive that run. I think he's, that horse is a little, a little bit better fresh, and I'm pretty sure I saw him lose a shoe in the run. So uh, I'm pretty sure that's why he didn't run up to standard in that race. But I feel Curran's definitely got the most upside here. He's got the Flemington straight track tick, and I just think he's the best horse in the race. So he'll be another one that I'm looking at uh, for my other selections in Supercoach. But I'll be definitely rolling with either three or four in the Melbourne Cup, probably Spanish Mission as my captain, Incentivize. I'll be taking Grand Promenade and... Uh, I've got very elegant in at the moment, but I'm not 100% sure on whether I'll be keeping it. It'll just depend on on how hard the track is on race day. But yeah, that's my stable at the moment. And as I mentioned, I've done the form for the first four races and my stable could very much change once I've done the full card, which will be sometime tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Um, And just on that, it's probably the play to pick three or four in a cup and keep your captaincy selection in the Melbourne Cup given that it's the only group one there's no group twos just the points difference if you nail that winner or even a second place will be great yeah 100% if we think about it 90% of people are going to be captaining incentivized so if you weren't sure what to do with your captaincy selection my recommendation would be to just captain incentivize because you won't necessarily be losing anything there There'll be very few people who do Captain Spanish Mission and Very Elegant and Grand Promenade and those horses because Incentivize is the clear favourite. And as we've been talking about, he's been the dominant horse in Australia this spring carnival. So that's a safe play, but I'm happy to take a bit of risk and lean with my boy Spanish Mission. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, We'll move on to jockey selections now. We're back into nine races this week with only the Melbourne Cup meet. Uh, Any uh, jockeys you're looking at right now um i'll be just playing it simple again just stick with j mac he gets the job done week in week out he just had absolute ballistic week uh ballistic day on saturday he rode i think it was three winners couple of group one or one group one or two group ones he was just absolutely on fire he's jockey of a lifetime and arguably australia's best jockey at the moment alongside damien oliver when it comes to these big races so um i know j mac's got plenty of good rides on saturday i haven't dug into uh, the other jockeys and how many good rides exactly that they've got. But I'm pretty confident that J-Mac will be having another good day and he's just the man of the moment and I couldn't recommend anyone else. Yeah, exactly. He's been so good throughout the whole of uh, this spring, um, especially like 15 points last week. And he's, aver- he's averaging 1.3 points a ride, which is just insane, um, given that he's pretty much riding nearly a full card every week. Yeah, well, you think about it, he's riding a full card and there's eight, there's there could be anywhere between 8 and 15 horses in a race and he's still managing to average coming in the first three every single race. It's incredible stats and it just shows how good of a jockey he really is and definitely the best supercoach jockey this season. Yeah, exactly. And he's still in XP-wise. Uh, he's still at the top of the table at 59 expected points but that's really just a flaw i reckon um i expect about three to five placings for him um and he's only got seven races so if you want to maybe pick someone with a few more races um even though he's probably expected to do the best out of the jockeys if you want to go a bit left field you could go with craig williams uh he has nine races and he's expected to get about 5.3 points um but yeah it's a risky selection and like you said uh, before, Justin, he hasn't won 
in a long time. Yeah, I did. I did have a look at Craig Williams as my jockey, and then I just went to the fact that went back to the fact that he hasn't ridden a winner since Seymour Cup day, and uh, although he's been around the mark and he'll probably be around the mark again, I'm just concerned as to what type of form he's in. But coming into Cup day, we know he's such a champion jockey, and that he will be set to peak on on Saturday, and hopefully get the job done on Spanish Mission anyway. And as for his other rides, he's got plenty of well favoured horses, and including a horse like Lord Vladivostok, who's Definitely a good chance in his race, so interesting to see if he can bounce back to a little bit of form, but I was just hoping he might have ridden a couple more winners over the uh, Caulfield Cup Carnival or Mooney Valley Carnival at least and had a good sniff on Saturday anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's a bit of a rest, but if you wanted to pot a jockey, he's probably the one to go to. No one really else uh, stands out. Yeah, I would just, my recommendation, take J-Mac, stick with him. He gets the job done week in, week out. Uh, the week that a lot of us thought that he might be in a little bit of trouble at Mooney Valley when he had very few rides on the day. Again, he once again proves that he is Australia's best jockey and uh, scored the highest Supercoach points again. So just stick with him. He's going to be safe. He's most likely going to land with the most Supercoach points again. Um, yeah, just take J-Mac. That's all I can say. Yeah, I think it's every week bar one, um, he's been the top jockey, which is pretty impressive. Just shows that how good he is and... I mean, he's racing the likes of Nashville Willard, Karen McAvoy, some, some, a Hugh Bowman, Australia's best jockeys week in, week out in Sydney. And down in Victoria, he's now racing not only those jockeys, but he's racing Craig Williams, he's racing Damien Oliver, Damien Lane, John McNeil, absolute star jockeys we have down here. And he's still just coming up trumps. And on Saturday, it's just, it's like seeing some, I've never seen someone ride like he did before. It was just incredible stuff. He was winning from everywhere, getting the job done. He's just a freak. Yeah, it's great to see. Um, we'll move on to Oaks Day. We won't get another podcast out before Thursday, but Justin's going to probably just have a quick wrap, mainly around the Oaks um, and what horses to watch. Yeah, so the Oaks on Thursday is going to be a real interesting race. We don't have a standout filly once again. The Wakeful Stakes is going to be the proper form reference going into this. We see it year in, year out that... Anyone coming through the Wakeful Stakes generally runs really positively in the Oaks. We saw personal run a placing in the race last year before going on to beat Shiloh Lass in the race uh, last year. But this year, Willowy heads the market at $4 for the Oaks. This filly won the Wakeful Stakes. She showed a really good turn of foot uh, on Saturday, that was. Um, she changed. What we noticed, it was really interesting with her. She was sort of looked like she was laboring, and then she changed legs in the straight and changed her lead leg, and she just exploded and showed this massive turn of foot. She might have a little bit too much brilliance to run out the 2,500 metres, which is my little concern with her. She's just seems like a really smart horse, and if she is to win the Oaks, she's, got a, she's going to be definitely a valuable broodmare going forward because she's got a massive pedigree behind her. But the horse I'm looking at here uh, for my captain in the race, just depending on... Draws and who actually accepts for the race is Daisy's. I was impressed with her running the wakeful. She copped a big bump to get out on the bend and only just uh, went down in that race and she looked to have the race shot to pieces. But yeah, Daisy's for me at the moment is the horse to beat. Elusive Express placed in uh, the 1,000 guineas last start and has to be some sort of chance in the race here. Interesting that the stable elected not to run over 2,000 metres and step her straight up from the mile to 2,500 metres. We've then got horses like Biscayne Bay, Dosier, A Glint of Hope. I uh, don't think Yearning will take its place. The one at a big price that I'm interested in, who I might take as a bit of a backup in the race, is Water Fox. Uh, still a maiden, this this filly, but I think she definitely stays. And She's got a bold front-running style, and 
if she can pinch a couple lengths on the turn and if she really does stay, she might be hard to run down here because I don't think there's many natural staying fillies in this race. And being just a bold front running type, she was very good at Mooney Valley last start. 2,500 metres is the only box she's got a tick and I think it's a pretty weak field on paper and although she's still a maiden, she's got a lot of class on her side and arguably one of Australia's better maidens. So what a fox could be a little point of difference in the race, but again, just a matter of who accepts for the race and who doesn't. Outside of them, the race drops away pretty quickly. There'll be something at a massive price that bobs up in the placings as they do each and every year because as we see, probably three quarters of this field doesn't run a strong 2,500 metres and there'll only be one or two that are proper uh, stakes class horses as they enter their second half of their three-year-old season and as a four-year-old over these types of staying trips we see year in year out that they just don't measure up uh, coming out of this race but as for the race itself Willowy currently leads the market just I'll be sticking with daisies I might chuck Willowy in I'll just have to do a little bit of form there but what a fox is the one that I'm looking at at a big price to take a little bit of point of difference in the race. Awesome. That's great insight, Justin. And it'll be good to maybe re-listen to that uh, before Thursday. You might get a few tips uh, to go with uh, when I when I see the uh, form sheet and stuff like that. Yeah, Oaks Day is always a good day. And uh, we do have a couple of other uh, races on the day that we'll probably need to be playing into. But not knowing what the fields are looking like and nominations, etc. for all the races, it's just makes it hard to get a good guide on who will be running and who won't be running. Yeah, exactly. You can probably just in any case, kind of follow the odds or just look up other expert analysis. There's heaps on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, if come Oaks Day, if you're not sure any selections or you'd like a bit of uh, information from myself or what, I always just uh, send us a message on any social media platform or anything like that. Just reach out and we're always happy to help. Yep, definitely. Um, just on that, our Twitter handles, if you don't remember... Um, my Twitter handle is Watto underscore four and Justin's. Mine is Justin Darcy seven. Yeah. And that's it from us. Uh, we'll be podcasting once more, um, just before, uh, next Saturday. So we can get in before the last round of the season, but it's been a pleasure talking, uh, this week again, and I can't wait to see, uh, on Thursday, Justin. Yeah, it's um, going to be an inter- interesting week ahead. Good luck to everyone who's uh, watching the Cup and having a little play in the race. Hopefully everyone's super coach absolutely flies and uh, fingers crossed Spanish Mission can get the W for all of us out there. Yeah, and it'll be great to just wrap up this really uh, fast-paced four-round week, essentially. Yeah, it's pretty hectic with these four four meetings. It's, it's quite hectic and you just got to always be... Uh, on your toes as to who's coming in and out of your side and always checking up nominations and acceptances for the upcoming meeting. But yes, everyone, enjoy uh, Cup Week and we'll talk to you again Thursday for Stakes Day. What a, it's been a pleasure. Been a pleasure. See you guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 